Yael Cohen. So we are back here on the station, and we are uh, addressing our beautiful and gorgeous and precious Jewish listeners out there in, in, uh, in radio land and uh, internet land. And uh, we have, uh, we're on JRU Radio, and we've been on JRU Radio for uh, many years already, Baruch Hashem, disseminating Torah uh, all over the world. It's a very, very great privilege to do such, and um, we certainly have to have Hakarat Tov for the station, and uh, we should be uh, supporting the station, uh, text them a donation, give them a call, whatever you want to do, just send in your money. It's a big mitzvah to support uh, the spreading of Torah, which is what the station is, uh, is uh, committed to do. Uh, Nisim Lazari, he's committed his uh, station, and is basically a big part of his life to doing such a thing, and in order to make karev, Yehudim, all over the world, all our brothers and sisters all over the world, we want to make karev them. We want to try to be a little bit, just a little bit, a drop like our great father, Abraham Avinu. And that's who we're going to study today, Abraham Avinu. There's nobody like Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu, he's our hero. He's our patriarch. He's the father of our nation. Abraham and Sarah, they were the team, the tandem, the best team of all time, the best, most perfect, most perfect couple of all time. They needed each other. They were a tandem, one and, one and the other. You can't separate them. They're not inseparable. Abraham Vesara. They're both together. And those, that togetherness produced the Am Yisrael, the love and the respect, what respect they had for each other, and the learning from each other. Abraham, Sarah was the student. Abraham, number one student. Somebody should ask you, who was the number one student of Abraham? Now, Abraham had a lot of students now. Rambam tells you he had hundreds of thousands of students, hundreds of thousands. And he had Lot. Lot was the number one student there for a while. Lot was number one. Lot told all over the shiur. Lot was a great man. And he made a mistake, but he was a great man. And Eliezer, Eliezer Ebed Abraham, Doleo Mashkeh. He was telling over the shiurim of Abraham Avinu. He was certainly great. Eliezer went up to heaven alive. Can't be any great, too much greater than that. Eliezer Ebed Abraham. And now we have to tell you the, the, the truth. The truth of the matter is the number one student of Abraham Avinu was his wife, Sarah. Sarah was number one. She listened to her husband every day. Every day she listened to him convert people. And they, then they ended up converting them together. Of course, Abraham converted the men, and Sarah spoke to the ladies. They had Sneut over there, even 4,000 years ago. They're teaching us Sneut. The men talked to the men, and the ladies talked to the ladies, and that's the way, that's the system, because Hashem put it in the gravity that men and women don't mix, because men and women are, have an automatic attraction to each other. It's automatic. Don't, don't, listen, to, don't listen to the TV. Don't listen to anybody, what anybody says. There's automatic attraction. It's magnetic. It's magnetism. Why is that? Because Hashem wants to propagate the world. Peru urvu. So Hashem puts in men and women and men sheep and women sheep and men cows and women cows. Why should they be attracted to Why should a man cow want to go with a woman cow? Because it's an automatic attraction. It's magnetism. It's innate. It's, it, it's, put, into the, it, it's put into the genes that they should propagate. They should, cow, you know, cow, they should have more cows in the world. More cows. So they have more food and should have more fertilizer and more meat and all that stuff because Hashem, and, and, and it's only let me know. The cows aren't attracted to donkeys, and donkeys aren't attracted to monkeys, and monkeys aren't attracted to giraffes. But let me know. That's a big miracle. I have to look at that. That's a big miracle. So we are examining this team of 
Abraham and Sarah, and this is how we're entering out into our beautiful parashiot of the uh, the avot and the imahot, especially now Abraham Abinu and his and his uh, wife Sarah, who was the number one student. That was his number one student, Sarah Menu. She learned from the greatest, and she was able to give it over. She gave it over to the women, and one of her greatest women was Hagar. Hagar was her number one student, believe it or not. You have to know that. Hagar wasn't a nobody. She was the number one student of, of Sarai Menu. And this we'll touch on hopefully a little bit later. And, and, and she listened for 10 years. She listened to Sarai Menu. And it was only after that transformation of 10 years of learning and listening, and she was also, she was also telling over the shi'ur, then Sarai said to Abraham, take my handmaiden as a wife. Because Sarah was confident at that point that Hagar was not a nobody. Hagar was committed. Hagar was trained. Hagar was full of Torah, full of Torah Tasechil, full of Torah Sarah Menu. And then, then she was worthy. Sarah felt she was worthy to be with the greatest man in the world. So now we are studying the Parashat Tashavu, and we have over here five Parashiot. That's a lot of space. It's a lot of real estate. We have to know the Torah is real estate in the mind of Hashem. That's a tremendous idea. Now we say that over and over over here because it is vital to know that the Torah is the mahshavot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Torah. You open up the Torah, you could see what Hashem is thinking about. And when you learn Torah, you're thinking like Hashem. That's halachta bidracha. That's the highest level, to walk like Hashem, to walk with Hashem. You walk with His ideas. Certainly you walk with his midot also. Those are the midot of Hashem. And we got to do that. We've got to be patient. We have to be loyal. You have to be emet. You have to be all the things that Hashem is manifesting. He's revealing to us that he is. Of course, it all boils down to chesed. The, the kindliness of Hashem fills the world. Every single natural Creation in this world manifests chesed, chesed, loving kindliness, and, and, and uh, you have to examine it. Not only kindliness, it also manifests three things. It manifests gulovetuvo and daat. Gulovetuvo maleolam daat utpuna sobebim hodo. The Chovot tells us we have to see those things, three things. We've got to see good law. Good law is his power, his greatness. The sun is powerful. Look up in the sky in the morning, there's trillions upon trillions of stars. That's powerful, man. That's very powerful. Every star is much, much, much bigger than our sun. Our sun is the smallest star in the universe. And could you, all those stars could only have gotten there by a, by a power beyond our ken, beyond our understanding. And that's Abraham Avinu. That's what he saw. At three years old, he discovered his creator by just, by just ma'ayin. He was ma'ayin. He was studying the creation and... He saw these things in the creation. He saw all the stars. He saw the sun, the moon, the sky, the clouds, the water, the ocean, the animals, and all the other things. But he didn't just see them. I learned it yesterday. There's two, man, there's two steps. When he was three years old, the grandman says, He knew, he knew it. He knew it in, in a superficial manner. He knew his creator. He knew it. He saw all the stuff in the world. He knew that somebody created it. But then... At the age of 40, he kir et boro. He understood it. He kir. He had a much deeper hakara. Hakara is like a da'at. It's a de'a. Chokma vinava da'at. Hakara, that's what we try to get to. That's the high level. Not only did he kir, he, he, he saw the depth. He, 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 it became 
disseminated in his blood, in his mind, in his genes. It wasn't emunah separated from his brain and his heart. It was emunah, emunah hushit. It's a deep sensory emunah that Abraham Avinu was able to acquire and to work on that he was able to be the father of monotheism, the father of the world. He was able to be the father of uh, Avhamon Goyim. So we are now studying Abraham Avinu, and Hashem is studying Abraham Avinu. Five parashiyot, that's a lot of space. He's studying Abraham Avinu. says, of course, it's Bereshit, Bishbir Reshit. Bishbir Abraham, Shinikret Reshit. We read the first word in the Torah, Bereshit. Bishbir Reshit. The rabbis explained to us, Bishbir Reshit, because of the first one. Who's the first one? Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu. The whole world was created for Abraham Avinu. In fact, if it wasn't for Abraham Avinu, you know, Abraham, Hashem was very patient for 10 generations. 10 generations till Noah, and then another 10 generations till Abraham. So that's 20 generations from the creation of the world. He's so patient for the, for the coming of Abraham Avinu. Very patient. And if Abraham, if Abraham Avinu didn't appear, who knows what? There wouldn't, maybe there, there wouldn't have been a world. What would, nothing would have upkept the world. Because Abraham Avinu really was the vehicle for bringing the Torah to the world. That was Hashem was another another uh, few hundred years, and Hashem would give the Torah to the family of Abraham Avinu, to the seed of Abraham, to the nation of Israel. So that is the up. That is the reason that the world is here. If there's no Torah, there's no world. But the 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 Chumash comes on to tell us behebaream behebaream. So they, 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 they explain to us, they give a derashah, the he is small over there, he, he is small, very small he, look in the chumash, you'll see, you'll see a small he. So we say, and they, they, they transpose the words and they say, he created the world for Abraham. He created the world, the, the world, it was, it, was a, it was a world prepared for Abraham, Abraham Abinu. Now we know that the beginning of the Torah says, "Veruach Hashem merachefet al and the spirit of Hashem was hovering. It was hovering over the face of the water, over the face of the earth. There was a, there was a shechinah was hovering over the face of the water. So, of course, they ask a question. The rabbi asked the question, "What was it hovering for? Was it a helicopter hovering? No, it was hovering. It was waiting for a place to land, for an appropriate place to land. It didn't land." On Adam Arishon. It didn't land on Noah. It could have, but it didn't. It waited all the way till Abraham Abinu. When Abraham Abinu and his family came on the scene, then the Ruach Elohim landed on Abraham Abinu because he was worthy. He made himself worthy. He was a vessel. He was Abraham Ohabi. Abraham, we said it in the Haftarah yesterday, you are my beloved, Abraham Ohabi. I love you, Abraham. It says another pasuk, it says a big, very big pasuk, ki yedativ, why do I love Abraham Avinu? Ki yedativ, because I know him intimately. I know Abraham, I know, how he, I know how he thinks. I see how he acts. And how a person acts, that's how he thinks. He thirsts and acts based on what he thinks. Right? So it's the thought process that then pushes the action. So your action is a, is a, is a, re- a revelation on what you're thinking. So... So Hashem says, I know, I know this man. What is he, why? What is he doing? Because he's going to command his children. He's going to command them to know the ways of Hashem. To do chesed and righteousness. What is that chesed and righteousness? Rambam tells us in Hilchot Teshubah or Hilchot 
דעות. One of the other, he says, the chesed המשפט is מידות טובות. Probably חדות רכות דעות, מידות טובות. השם says, oh, Abraham is going to teach his children good character traits. דרך ארץ, דרך ארץ קדמה לתורה. That's why we're learning all these parashiyot. Of course, before the Torah was given, there's not many mizvot, only three mizvot. Now, we know our religion is a religion of mizvot, but, but so, so how much space? Sefer Bereshit is the most voluminous of all the seferim, all the, sef, all, the, all the five books of Moses. Sefer Bereshit is the most, biggest. You might think, hey, it must have a lot of mizvot in there. No, only three. Only three mizvot in the whole Sefer Bereshit. But you have to know, Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. Sefer Bereshit, every way, every time, Abraham moved this way or moved that way or whatever he said, this is a mitzvah. This is a mitzvah of derech eretz. And that's that derech eretz of how to have good character, how to act properly, how to talk and how not to talk. Mostly not to talk. How, how, to, how, to, how to, uh, to be responsive to your wife. Abraham was very respectful to her wife, very respectful to his wife. Abraham realized she was a great woman. And, and this is the kinds of things that we're learning in Sefer Bereshit. Learning Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. Now, now Abraham Avinu, there's a lot that not too much. It's very terse. The Torah is very terse as far as what it says about Abraham. Although, again, five parashiot we do learn quite a bit, but there's additional information that's not included in the Torah Shebichtav. And Rambam uh, reveals to us uh, in Hilchot Abu Dazara some of the information that, about Abraham Avinu. First of all, we have to know Abraham is called Amudo Shel Olam. He's a pillar of the world, pillar of the world. He's also called Anak Sheba Anakim. He's the giant of all giants. And even the Goyim called him Nesi Elokim Atabetochenu. Even all the Goyim in the world knew that he was a holy man, and he was a prophet, and he was a mighty general. He was everything. Abraham Abinu was the was Abhamon Goyim. He converted, he brought people close all over the world. Abraham Abinu was anything you could think of. He was the greatest man that ever walked the face of this earth. He was the most original thinker that ever walked the face of this earth. And from, because of there was an Abraham, therefore there was a Yitzhak and Yaakov, and then there was a Moshe and a David, all because of the first mover. That first mover was Abraham Abinu. And he had no Torah. He had no, his father was an idol worshiper. Terah. Who did he have? He only had his brains. He had a giant brain. In his brain, he was able to disseminate and to, and to reveal and to discover the whole Torah Kula. Al-Khazal tells us, even the Torah Shebechtav, Torah Shebaopeh, all the, all the diukim of the Torah, he got the Shulchan Aruch, he had everything. He had everything. Eruv Tavshilin Gam, everything you could think of, Abraham figured out out of his brain. That's Abraham Avinu was a giant of giants. Anak Anakim. Now, he was me'ayin, in the creation. That's why he's called Amud HaChesed. Abraham Abinu was called Amud HaChesed. He's the pillar of Chesed, Chesed, kindliness. Now, he wasn't a kindly Nick. He wasn't just walking around being a kind guy. This was just a means to an end. The end game was to emulate Hashem because that's what he saw in the whole world. Every single thing in the world exuded, exhibited kindliness in the world. Whether it was trees giving fruit, how could an how could a apple plop out of a piece of wood? Abraham thought about that. He noticed it. And he sees the whole, the whole world is a food world, like Rabbi Sanjay Gaon would say. It's a food world. It's giving food. Most of the world is giving food. The ocean is giving tons of fish, zillions of tons of fish. What are all those fish for? 
for food, for people. Hashem is feeding the world. He says, um, Hashem is feeding kol chai. Kol chai, even the animals he's feeding. He gives a lot of grass for the sheep. He gives a lot of uh, all whatever, whatever the animals need. They're being fed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kol chai ratzon. Of course, the main, the main high is people, mankind. That's the main high. So, so, but Hashem, Abraham Avinu saw that Hashem is feeding the whole world. It's an unbelievable thing. He saw the chesed in that. What a chesed. So he sees that there's a creator that created people and animals and whatever, but he also at the same time created parnasah for them. He created food for the same people. If the people had no food and uh, they just had a hard uh, desert uh, sand, then they're going to die. Nothing, they can't grow, you, can't, you can't grow tomatoes in the sand. Can't grow potatoes in the stand. Cannot do it. Doesn't work. See, dirt is not dirt. Soil is not dirt. Soil has has tons of bacteria, and it has um, all kinds of nutrients in the soil, and it's able to. It has um, all kinds of. It has more, more. Soil has more uh, life in it. More life. A lot of life in the soil than the names in the New York City phone book. That's how the Rob said it has more life than the New York City in the soil, than one tablespoon of soil, has more life in it than all the names in the New York City phone book, one tablespoon. In fact, one time I was walking with a rabbi in the street, and uh, he told me, take a look at that grass over there. You see that grass over there in the street? I said, yes. He says, that's not grass. What do you mean that's not? That's not grass. That's your wool jacket that you're wearing. The grass is your wool jacket. How could that be? Because... Wool only comes from one place. They can't make wool in any China factory. They don't make. They cannot manufacture wool. Wool only comes from the back of a sheep. And the sheep, he only eats grass. He doesn't eat wool. The sheep doesn't eat wool. He eats grass. If he ate wool and he got wool, okay, so he got wool from what he ate. No, he eats grass and some water, and he's able to bring from that wool. So the rabbi pointed that out to me. He says, you see that grass? Hashem, the wool is able to, the, the sheep is able to transform that wool into grass. Wow. Now, you walk in the street with your eyes open. That's called emunah chushit. That's what Abraham Abinu did. He gained emunah from every single thing in the world. And that's what we can do as well. That's called shara bechina. We can gain that kind of emunah just by opening up our eyes and seeing everything in the world. Now, 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 to read you something from the Rambam. Rambam says like this. He says, when, the giant, when this giant among men was weaned, he began to cast about in his mind by day and night, wondering, whence does the energy which rotated the celestial bodies, where does this energy come from? All this, Hashem is bringing down energy. Where's, it, where's the source of the energy? You know, the sun is beating down tons and tons of horsepowers of energy. In fact, your energy that you have in your body that you're able to move and run and go, it comes from the sun sun's energy that's putting it into the tomatoes and the potatoes and the orange and the food that you're eating and it's you're eating that energy and it, the energy is expended expe- it's expended in your body that same energy that sun energy your energy is from the sun sun energy but where's the energy coming from now there was no one to instruct him but his mind could not rest abraham abinu had a giant mind he continued to gain an understanding until he finally arrived at the truth this is from the rambam when Abraham Abinu came on the scene, the Rambam says, he looked at the sun, he saw how wonderfully it works. 
The sun is just big enough to warm us. If it was bigger, we would be born to burn to a crisp. If it was smaller, we would be frozen. If the sun were a little closer, we would be burned. If it was more distant, we would be frozen. How did it happen that the sun was the exact distance and the exact size? Abraham was studying the happiness of this world, how good the sun is for us. With that, he came to recognize that there is someone in charge. That is Abraham's system. He looked at everything in the world, and he saw that nothing was accidental. Everything is full of plan and purpose, which demonstrates kindness, wisdom, and power. And from that, he came to recognize the Creator, Bore Olam. Wherever you look into the whole purpose, whenever you look into the whole purpose of the universe, there's not a thing that doesn't demonstrate plan and purpose. Everything demonstrates a plan. If there's a plan, if there's an item, there's a planner, then, he, then somebody planned it. If you see a, a table, there must have been a carpenter that made that table. It couldn't come by itself. So if you see a horse, you see a cow, you see food, you see water, everything that's in the, in the world, somebody must have planned. It didn't happen by itself. So that's how Abraham Avinu, he was able to look at everything that way, and so should we. He said, apples turn red when they're ripe to, fit to eat. And when they're not the right color, they're hard and sour. They're not healthy that way. And you can get a stomachache if you ate them. So we can see from that that Hashem is giving us the head, heads up. He, he knows that you have a certain constitution that if it eats unripe fruit, you're going to get sick. You'll get a stomachache. You're going to get a, a, a virus. You're going, to have to, you're going to have to regurgitate it. So Hashem doesn't... Hashem gives us the heads up by making the, the, the fruit turn a color that's more more appetizing to eat. And not only that, for example, apples, apples, when they're not ripe on the tree, they're very hard to fall off from the tree. They don't first fall off from the tree. They, they, the stem is holding it on to the tree. But when it's ready to eat, it falls off by itself to tell us that it's ready to eat. So you see there's a plan here. The plan is Hashem planned the fruit and the apples in such a way because he, he know he made all these things for us, for mankind. And he wants us to enjoy them in the most in the most delicious and, and best way. So he, he made these, this, these kinds of systems are for us to see and to enjoy. Um, fact, for example, the fact that, okay, peaches, peaches turn pink and red and oranges turn orange and bananas turn yellow and Gr- Granny Smith apples turn green. All of the instructions to produce these fruits. Where did it come from? It's encoded on one million bits of information on the DNA of each seed. This includes production of the tree, which bears the fruit, which has the seeds inside of them, in order to continue reproduction of these fruits. Now you have to know reproduction, that's Ashezar Obo. This is probably the biggest miracle in the world, that anything should beget another thing. Two people should have another person, and two horses should have another horse, and apples have more apples, and even flowers have more flowers, and birds have more birds. And Ashezar Obo, what is what's happening? Because the zera, there's a seed, there's information encoded on the seed that's going to tell this creation to have, to reproduce, and reproduce, and the color of, of, of what's going to be reproduced, and the height of what's going to be produced, and, and, and the many, many different characteristics of that creation are already determined by the, by the DNA helix inside that encoded on the seed. Now, the idea, that's what Abraham Avinu saw in the world, and that's how he became Abraham Avinu. Now, he noticed, now you have to know, Abraham is called Abraham Ivri. Abraham Ivri means the Abraham on the other side. He's on the other side, Ivri. 
He's on one side of the world, and the other world's on the other side of the world. Everybody in the world was against Abraham Abinu. They were all into their Abu Dazara, they were into their uh, Arayot, they were into their revelry. Abraham Abinu, he was on another world. He was another plane. He had another purpose in life. Purpose in life to be Abu Dat Hashem, Ebed Hashem. He wanted to emulate Hashem in his chesed. And the biggest chesed in the world was, he realized what the biggest chesed. Biggest chesed not necessarily was to feed people. Biggest chesed not necessarily was to heal people. Biggest chesed was to enlighten people and illuminate their minds that there is a one creator in the world that's making that's powerful, kind, and wise, that's making everything in this world for our benefit. That's Bishpili Nibra Ha'ulam. That the whole world was made for me, for my benefit. Now, that's how we have to be. Person person's obligated to say every day, Ha'ulam Baram Bishpili. This whole world, this universe was created for me. Created for me and for him and the next guy. But first of all, you have to digest that it was created for me. Once you digest that, then you could appreciate that the sun was created for me. You shouldn't walk around and say, the sun, ah, the sun is created for the whole world. No. Hashem created that sun, that moon, those stars, that ocean, those fish, that food for me. And you know what? I'm obligated to thank Him for it because it was created just for me. That's the idea. That's Hakaratatov. That's our whole religion. The whole religion is Hakaratatov. Hakaratatov is not only to recognize. First, you've got to recognize the good. Then you've got to realize how good it is. And, and then you want to reciprocate for the good. You have to thank. You've got to do much more than thank. It's important to just say much more than say thank you. You have to thank you and thank and thank and thank and thank for the rest of your life. There's never, you can't pay back. You've got to try to pay back. How do you pay back? By doing the will of the giver. In the case of Hashem, His will is 613 mitzvot. That's how you thank Hashem, by doing His mitzvot, doing His will. You say, Hashem, thank you for our life. Oh, oh you, you think you got it automatically? You think that your life came by itself? No. You have to know, and you have to think every day, that my life, you returned my life. You returned my neshama. I was dead all night. It's like I was dead. I was sleeping. It was like I was dead all night. My, my soul went back to the Mecca. It went for a dry cleaning. And I want to thank you. You returned it. You know, some people t- today didn't wake up. The soul didn't come back. They went to the dry cleaners, and the dry cleaners lost the ticket. Didn't bring, didn't, you don't got the ticket. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to return the jacket. So, so, so we have to know. We have to be so grateful that Hashem gives us the life. And once you know we're grateful, it's not enough to say thank you. I say thank you. You have to say, Hashem, what can I do for you? Daddy, Daddy does things for you. Now you say, Daddy, what can I do for you? You want me to do this? You want me to clean out the garage? You want me to, uh, to uh, get something from you from the corner, from the pharmacy? From the, you want me to do something for mommy? Whatever your daddy wants you to do because he's done everything for you. So that's, that's, the, that's the basic Derech Eretz. Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah. And Abraham Avinu was Amuda Chesed, and the biggest Chesed in the world was teaching teaching people of the great one Borei Ulam in the world that's there to help everybody. That's what they say, Oreach Tov Mahu Omer. A good guess, what does he say? 
אורח טוב, מה הוא אומר? כל שעשה בעל הבית, עשה בשבילי. When you go, literally it means everything that the master, everything of the master of the seuda, everybody, everyone of the one that made the wedding, he made it for me. Oh, made it for me. You went into the wedding, you had a piece of chicken, you had some sushi, you had, a, you had, some, you had something to drink. Now you come out of the, of the wedding and you say, well, how was the uh, wedding? Well, the, the good guest says, everybody, everything that this, that, that, that man that made the wedding, he made it for me. Psh, that's a great attitude. That's the attitude of, that, that, you, that you have to have. In other words, in other words you, and I have to, what does it mean? It means I got to thank him for it. So you go back into the, into the hall and tell that, that man, oh, the chicken was delicious. I, I loved it. Thank you very much. You tell him that sushi was delicious. That uh, everything that he did, you go back and tell him, I want to thank you because now you realize it was made for me. And you got to work on that. But you have, a bad, bad, bad guess, what does he say? He made it for everybody else. I don't got to thank him for it. What I got to thank? He didn't make that uh, chicken for me. He made it for, every, for, made it for all the hundreds of guests that he had over here. So I had it also. Did he make it for me, Jack? He didn't make it for Jack. So I don't got to thank him for it personally because he made it for everybody else. So the same thing, do I got to thank Hashem for the sun, the moon, the stars, the world, for my skin, for my life? He made it for everybody else, the sun's in the sky, for everybody to, to enjoy it. He didn't make it for me personally. That's a bad guest. That's a very bad guest. That's Kifu Tova. That's an ingrate. And this is what we have to stay far, very far away from. And we're learning from Abraham Abinu how to react to these things. So again, going further, Abraham Ivri, the whole world was against him. He was against his philosophy. They were against his lifestyle. And they didn't want to be impinged by his lifestyle of goodliness and wholeheartedness. And, 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 again, and, and again, Abraham Abinu, his, his purpose in life was to spread the fact that the biggest chesed was Hashem's revealing himself to the world. That was the biggest chesed in the world. That's number one chesed. Not the food, not the drink, not the fish, not the fact that you, when you cut your, cut your finger, the blood stops. What a, what a chesed. Why should the blood stop? You cut your finger, the blood stops after a while. You make a hole in your uh, water pipe, the water pipe don't, the water doesn't stop coming out. It'll never stop until you call the plumber. But the cut in your finger, it stops. It coagulates. So, so, so Abraham Avinu was the, the, the world didn't want to be obligated to anything. They had a certain hefkerut of lifestyle. They said, I don't I, I, why that? Because I'm worshiping sticks and stones. Sticks and stones idols. Idols, they, they really knew they were idols, but they knew the idols didn't take retribution for anything. So they, they lived with all the, uh, all the, all the, all the uh, hefkerut of life. That the, they, they lived with the Yetzir Hara. They lived with the Yetzirah. Without a Torah, you live with your Yetzirah. The Yetzirah says, do this, it's fun, do that, it's fun, you'll enjoy it, you enjoy it. You live with your Yetzirah. Abraham Abinu, he didn't do that. So they were against him, and they even hated him. Then Nimrod, Nimrod threw him into the furnace. He didn't want to be obligated to a lifestyle of Abraham Abinu. So the question that Rambam brings up, a big question is, you have to know the whole world was against him, so how was he able to resist the whole world? That's the big question. How did he do it? So, because if we can analyze a little bit how he did it, maybe, just maybe, we can do it a little bit. Because the world today is more wicked than ever. And the majority, the vast majority, vast, vast, vast majority of the world is very wicked. More than Sedom and Amura. 
Maybe more than the time of Noah, Hashem brought the flood. It's going down, down, and down by the, by the, by the speed, very, very fast speed, and we only last, we're only existing right now in a chaste Hashem, and all, and the and the, and the uh, religious Jews in the world that are multiplying and and upkeeping the world right now. Uh, uh, you know, they were over. The Hashem is in His Chesed. He's He's keeping the world up on on the on the basis on the virtue of their Torah learning and their and their, uh, their good living on their Medot Tovot. But at that time, the whole world was against Abraham. And they were, they were against us too. So what did he do, Abraham? First, he made it very clear in his mind. That's the first step. You've got to be Barur, is the lashon, the lashon of the Rambam. It was Barur to him. It was very clear. It wasn't fuzzy. First, you've got to be clear that there's no evolution in the world. That, there's no, that the evolution theory is garbage. You've got to be clear on that. Once you're clear then you can go to the next step. That Hashem created the world, yesh me'ayin, from nothing. He didn't create an, an amoeba, a slime pit. He didn't have a, a monkey, a half a monkey. It turned into a whole monkey. Then it turned into a billion years. It turned into a, a Neanderthal man, a prehistoric man. And finally, it turned into a man. It's, that's, it's ridiculous. It's stupidity ridiculous. The brain of a man is, 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 is something unbelievable. They can't figure it out. The brain, the eyes, the ears couldn't, cannot come from a slime pit. It only comes from an intelligence beyond, beyond, and intelligence of power, wisdom, and kindliness that, have, that created such a, such a being, such a perfection that can, can, can be elevated, that has the potential to be elevated into, even to the most highest perfection that can even contact Hashem, could be a prophet, or that, that perfection. That can never come out of a slime pit. It can never come out of randomness, never, ever, ever. And again, people want to make those, those they made those, theories in order that they don't have to answer to anything. That they want to act like animals and be an animal because they say, we came from an animal. I have an animal instinct. It's not my fault. What can I do? It's my instinct. It's my inclination. I can't do anything about it. It's not my fault. But Abraham Avinu, how did he win the whole... This, how was he able to resist the whole world? Well, again, first he was clear that there was a God in the world. That the sun came up at night, at morning, and it went down at night, and there was a million fish in the water, and somebody brought the fish, and very simple to him how to prove it and the color the colors of the fruits and how delicious they were and he even noticed that you know he said to the people you know you take a piece of meat or an egg or anything uh, by uh, uh, anything uh, natural and you leave it to rot it rots after a little while in a day or two or three rots you leave it put it in the sun and what happens it starts to stench it gets a bad smell a bad, a bad odor so he, 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 he figured it out. Why, why should they have a bad odor? Why don't they smell good? If something spoils, so if you have milk, it spoils. It smells bad. You smell that bottle of milk, it smells bad. Why should it smell bad? Why should all of these things smell bad? It should smell, maybe it should smell like perfume. If it spoils, let it smell like perfume. He realized that there was a plan here. There's a plan by the planner, and the planner is kindly. He doesn't want you to get hurt. He doesn't want you to be eating spoiled items that can make you sick. So the planner, he made a plan that they'd always smell bad. Anything that smells bad is bad for you. Now remember that now. Anything smells bad is bad for you. That can't happen by mistake. Impossible. Everything that smells bad is bad for you. Remember that axiom now. So, so Abraham, now, what, what was the next step to that system? Hashem brought a nose. A nose. He brought a nose. He created a nose. 
in the middle of your face. Shh, unbelievable. Now that nose is right over your mouth. So, so it's standing guard before you put anything into your mouth. It's standing guard. If it smells bad, doesn't want you to put it in. Stop. Don't put it in your mouth. Stop. It's a policeman. Stop over there. Now that nose could have been created on the side of your head. And it could have been created in the middle of your stomach. It was still breathing. Maybe it we'll you know, had a lot of functions in the nose, a lot, many other functions. And, no, but this nose was created in the middle of your face so you would be able to smell the food if it was bad or good before you put it in your mouth. Now, that is a tremendous system. That's a system is undeniable. That's kindly. It's power and it's wisdom. So these are the things that Abraham was clear on. And once he was clear on these things, he said, you know, the whole world is... Beta'ut is the word that Rambam used. Beta'ut. The whole world is an error. The whole world is an error like the world today is an error. You don't got to come onto the world. Some people want to argue with the world. They want to argue with Shtuyot. They want to argue with Rish'ut. You don't argue with Apikorsut. Don't argue with Apikoros. Because he may, he, may, he may draw you in. Unless you're very, very clear what you're doing. Don't argue with these guys. With a missionary, don't argue with them. Rabbi Miller always said, don't do that. He had some people in his, uh, some guys in his shul, they argued and they were drawn in. The missionary is, is trained how to take pesukim and, and twist them. And if we're not trained that way, then, then we have a very big danger. Don't, don't argue with these, with these people. Don't debate with these kind of people. Unless you're the Ramban. The Ramban was a Rishon. And he argued with Tunus Rufus, with uh, Frey Paul. Frey Paul. You can get a book, it's called Debate, it's called uh, At Barcelona, the, the Dispute at Barcelona. It's an interesting book, it was done uh, 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 about 800 years ago. Ramban was a giant in Spain, and the, 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 they were very serious in those days, the, uh, the, the, the Christians and the Catholics, they were very serious about their religion, it was a serious thing, they didn't fool around with that stuff. In fact, you know, they burned Jews on a stake for that stuff. So... Not like today. Today they wouldn't do it because they don't. Today they, even the Christians aren't religious, aren't serious about their religion. Nobody's serious about religion anymore except the Orthodox Jews. The rest of the, the rest of the, maybe Muslims. I don't know. The rest of the world, they already put it in the dumpster. They put it in the garbage can because they were already uh, swayed by the, their their Yetzer uh, Hara. So they, they throw everything else at the window because religion just it just holds them back. It's the opiate of the masses. You know who said that, don't you? Religion is the opiate of the masses. You know who said that? Karl Marx. Karl Marx said that in the Communist Manifesto. And not important. Karl Marx is dead, and he's a apikoros. And Karl Marx, I think he converted, if I'm not mistaken. In any case, he was a, he didn't believe in God for sure. Karl Marx, and uh, and and he and he was the uh, he was the cause of many many people, millions of people to die with the communism, the con, and and all that stuff. But he wrote that religion. It's just an opiate. Opiate's a drug. Opiate's a drug of the masses. So, so in today's day and age, they, they, don't, they don't go with that. But Abraham Abinu, he said all of the world's in error. Beta'ut. And really what he was saying was, I don't got an answer to the world. You know why? They're all crazy. Ah, that's a strategy already. So people want to tell you, hey, it's good to have this kind of marriage and that kind of marriage. Live and let live. Come on, man. Live and let live. They're not bothering anybody. That's a trap. That's a trap. Because Hashem says in His Torah, it's, it's an abomination. 
I hate it. I hate those things. It's when Hashem says He hates it, He wants you to hate it. When Hashem says He hates it, you got to act like Hashem. It's an abomination. There's many things. There's to'eva. To'eva. When Hashem says things are a to'eva, it's a ich. It's disgusting. To'eva. It's worse than an ich. It's Hashem hates something. Imagine the creator of the universe should tell you, I hate it. I hate it. A lot of things he hates. And he tells you that. That means he wants you to hate it. Like Hashem hates it. And it's a mitzvah to hate it. So when we do that, we're halachta bidracha. We're walking in the ways of Hashem. We're thinking like God, like Hashem. So Abraham, again, he said, the whole world is an error. They're all mejnun. And I don't got to worry about that. And uh, just a little story to re- relate this. Uh, Rabbi Miller always told, told the story that uh, many, many years ago, many years ago, uh, 60 or so years ago, he uh, was a mashkiach in uh, Chaim Berlin, and he had a, uh, a certain student that uh, he uh, had a nervous breakdown. And he went to visit him in Bellevue Hospital. Now, Bellevue Hospital in those days, a mental hospital, mental ward, uh, was one big room. Didn't have little rooms, uh, small, you know, uh, compartments or uh, uh, private rooms. It had one big giant uh, hallway, hall. And Ramil walked into the hallway, and they had two guards, he said. One accompanied him, two big guards on each side of him, accompanied him to the, visit this young man. And they visited, and they accompanied him. Because, you know, in those days, they, were the, the, you know, they have to, he had to be protected from the people. Some of those people were really uh, out of whack. And who knows, they could, they could attack a person. So these, they had guards bringing him to the bed. So when he walked into the, he said the story, he walked in, he had a beard. And at that time... He goes, very, nobody had beards. And he, and, he, and he caught a wind that when he walked in, he felt, he, he heard people chuckling. They were laughing. And then he said, you know, maybe they're laughing at me. He thought maybe they're laughing. And he was self-conscious. He says, he took a step back. He was conscious about it. And he said, you know, maybe, then he said, you know something? Why do I got to be conscious, self-conscious for? He goes, they're all crazy. I'm going to worry about them laughing at me. I'm going to worry about the world laughing at me. I want to be a little bit more religious. I want to win my yarmulke in public. I want to be worried about the world laughing at me. Don't be worried. I want to be. I want to go to the next level. Don't be worried. So the Rambam, that's what that's what we were saying. That was a strategy of Abraham Avinu, a strategy. Now, Hashem at seventy-five, Hashem contacts Abraham, and he says lech lecha, and that was his first test. Leave your household. And then he says a big, very big axiom. He says. I will bless those who bless you, Abraham. Jews. Abraham, that's the Jews. So Hashem blesses Abraham that whoever blesses you and your seed will be blessed by Hashem. This is a great purpose and strategy for us to bless Jews. And don't we all need berachot? So we say an idea like this. The Rebbe wrote this in uh, his book. He says, from the very beginning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decreed, I'll give berachot to all those who bless Am Yisrael. The Gemara says that this promise extends also to the descendants of Abraham Avinu, to us Jews. So Hashem is making a promise now. If you bless a Jew, you're going to get a blessing from God. Therefore, the first thing for us to understand is how great is our duty to bless the Jewish nation. Ah, so you say, so you say every day when you put people, every day you say Yeratzon, I want to want to I love the Jewish people and I give them my blessings. You walk on the street and you say you should have a long life.
have into it as you pray for the Am Yisrael and you say, establish peace, goodness and blessing, life, grace and kindness and compassion over us and over all Yisrael, your nation. You have to know, we're blessing Yisrael. When you bless Yisrael, that's a, that's a mitzvah, to bless Yisrael. That's the Am Yisrael. That's a mitzvah. And we get the we get blessed by Hashem. When you bless Davcha Yisrael, no, no sense in, 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 in blessing any, anybody but Am Yisrael. So the Berachah is so important because it's a mitzvah in the Torah to bless Am Yisrael. So when you walk down a Jewish street and every house has a big mitzvah on the door, say Berachah for the people who live in those houses, say it aloud that everyone in those homes should be well for many happy years. They should have good life, long life, good health. They should have a comfortable livelihood, parasah Pleasure and satisfaction from their children. They should have good children. They should be, we bring them, bring them, bring them satisfaction. They have a lot of nachat from their children, and they should have good shiduchim for their children. Find matches from their children, good ones, great ones, and only semachot and happy occasions. And they have nothing but joy. Hashem will say, you know, you're saying those things to my children. You are causing yourself. When you do that, you're causing yourself to love them more. By the way, when you do that, when you bless people, it's a cause for you to love them. More, it's increasing your your love for them because you're expending energy to do such a thing. So when you do that, you're, you're saying it on the outside, "I love that guy." You see that guy in the back? I love that guy. It's causing you to love him more. When you leave your house in the morning, you say, "I love my wife." I love my wife. Say it to yourself. You close that door. You look back. You say, "I love my wife." You see her in the street. You see her from the from the from your car door. Say, "That's my lady." I love that lady. That is, you're doing many mitzvot. You're doing ba'ahavtarachakamocha. You're loving your fellow Jew like you love yourself. There's no closer fellow Jew than your wife. They have become one flesh. One flesh. So, so, so when you, you're doing that, you're causing yourself to love, to increase your love. And that is a big mitzvah to do that. So when you gain this attribute of constantly blessing Jews, this is free, by the way. It doesn't cost anything to say, you should have a long life, good health. At least, at least say that. You pass a Jew in the street. Say to yourself, after he passes you, I say, that Jew should be blessed with long life and good health. But it costs you nothing. From that, you're getting the exponential. You're getting blessings from Hashem. Like, like he just promised Abraham. You're fulfilling a mitzvah Torah to love your fellow Jew. You're emulating Hashem, who's Oheb et Amo Yisrael. Unbelievable what you're getting over here. And you'll cause yourself to increase your own love for the Jewish brother, brothers, which is another mitzvah of loving so we say every morning, I hereby accept upon myself the positive mitzvah to love my fellow Jew as I love myself and thereby I love every one of them as I love myself and all I possess. So this is a tremendous thing we're learning by Abraham, by Abraham Abinu, Hashem said, and we are emulating that every day, all the time. Just If you came here today just to hear that, it was worthwhile. That's one of the trademarks of Avigdor Miller to bless Jews. Now, you have to know there's a way to learn Torah that, especially these parashiot, that even though if it's said once, it means every day. For example, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. He said it every day, every day, every day. Uh, Abraham Abinu called down the name of Hashem. Masara packed his lunch. And he went out to the Tefillah Square, and he he called out in the name of Hashem. What did he What did he say when he called out? He said he, he told the people of the Chesed of Hashem, Malei Haaretz. 
And we have to know a couple another thing that Abraham and Sarah, we, was, we said before, were, a, were, the, were the holiest couple that ever walked the face of this earth. The truth of the matter is, their house, their tent, was the first Bet HaMikdash in history. Before the Mishkan, before the first one, first Mikdash Shlomo, and before the second one, they're all just copies. They were faint copies. They weren't even the best copies of this tent of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah was the holiest place the holiest Beit HaMikdash of all time. Now you could ask somebody, that's a good good question to stump them, which was the first Beit HaMikdash of all time? It was the tent of Abraham Sarah, and it had all the accoutrements inside that tent, listen carefully. It had it had the candles, the Nerot, it lit from Shabbat to Shabbat, all week, those Nerot, the same like in the Beit HaMikdash. And it had the uh, Lechem, it had the bread, like the Lechem Apanim was hot all week, well, that bread that Sarah baked, it was hot all week. And it had the clouds, the Ananei Kabod, on top, of the, on top of the tent, the Shekhinah, just like it had in the Beit HaMikdash, Rishon, at least. It had the Shekhinah on top of the Beit HaMikdash, and that was a copy of Mishkan for sure. And it was a copy of the tent of Abraham and Sarah. They even made Shekhita inside that tent. When, when, they, had, when, they, when they fed guests, they took the animal, and they, and they were Shochet Oto, just like a, like sort of like a korban, so we see that the, this tent was was a very holy place, and that's the home. And our homes are made to be like the tent of Abraham and Sarah, to be a very very holy place. Now, Abraham and Sarah did something else. It says in our parasha, they made people. The question is, how did they make people? One one explanation is they bought people. Fine, they bought slaves. Fine, good, but. The, the, uh, the literally means they asher asu they made they made them together. So how did they do that? So the rabbi explains by making their minds. When you make a person's mind by teaching somebody, you're making their mind. When you make a person's mind, that's that you are giving birth to that person. So also you have to be afraid who you're learning from because he he could become your father, and you could become you know your father on the negative sense. But when you're learning from good rabbis, good people. They are making your mind. You're, you're allowing them to form your mind. In your mind, that's who you are. You have to know that. That's who you are. And the, 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 the Mishle tells us, You have to guard your mind more than anything in this world because that's where the, the, your Totsaot your, of your Chayim, all your uh, um, accomplishments in life, are going to come from your mind. And when you put anything in your mind, that's there forever. You cannot get it out. And... You have to know that you can't think, well, it's my mind, I could put whatever I, want, whatever I want in there, it's my money, I could do whatever I want with it. No. You have to know it's a fundamental idea to know that everything you have is on loan. It's on loan. You're a shomer. You have to be a shomer ne'eman. In fact, we said it today, why was another reason that Hashem loved Abraham? Masata elebabo, his mind. Masata elebabo ne'eman lefanecha. I found his mind was ne'eman. It was loyal. He knew that it was on loan, and he wouldn't let his mind just do anything. Hefker, long mind. He knew, this. my mind is on loan from Hashem. Therefore, i got to be very careful how to develop my mind, what I put in my mind. i got to be careful because why is not my mind? It's on loan from Hashem. He's loaning it to me because that's who I am. I'm my mind, and he wants to see if I could perfect it as much as I can. And that's how, that's our objective in life, to perfect your minds. And the biggest chesed is to give emunah, as Hashem does. This is what Abraham saw, and he made it his life's work. 
to, 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 to transform, to transfer emuna to people. Now you have to know that Abraham Abinu was a prophet of the highest order. He was a, a, a high, highest order. In fact, he was such a great prophet that his movements are prophecies. He went down to Egypt. We went down to Egypt. He, he, uh, he went out with a big rechush, rechush gadol. He went out with the, the Jewish people went out with a great rechush. Uh, Sarah was abducted. And, you know, and, 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 and the Jewish people were abducted by the Mitzrayim. There were ten plagues. There were plagues in Mitzrayim. Hashem brought ten plagues. And, 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 and finally, and not, not lastly, Abraham um, um, left with Hagar. Hagar, that's like the area of Rav. So everything, when Abraham moves, and there's mo- this, is, this is forcing the future. This is prophetic motions into the future. So I'd like to just address one idea that people may have as a, as a, as a, as a claim on Abraham. They say, hey, Abraham, there was a big famine in the world, and you left, you left Eretz Kenan to go to, to, you go to Eretz Kenan, it's Israel, to go to Misraim because there was a big famine. Where's your bitachon, Mr. Abraham? Why don't you just pray to Hashem? He'll give you food. Where's your bitachon? So we have to know Rabbi Isaac Sheh, Rosh Yeshiva, Slovakia Yeshiva, that's Rabbi Miller's rabbi. He explained as follows. You have to know that Abraham's mission was to enlighten people. That was his life's work. And he was emulating God that way. That, that's it. that Nothing was going to stand between him and his mission. I mean, God wanted to enlighten the world. He's doing that. So now, Abraham realized that, 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 that when people are hungry, they're not receptive to anything. So he had no customers anymore in Canaan, in Israel. No customers. They're hungry. They're starving. You can't talk to anybody. They want a tuna fish sandwich. They don't want to be told there's one God in the world. They're not into that. They want, they want, they want an ice cream cone. They want to eat. They want food. So Abraham now was frustrated over there. So what did he do? He said, I got to find customers. So he heard that there was food in Mitzrayim. So he traveled down to Mitzrayim in order to, to, to uh, find people that were receptive and to be able to persuade them to, uh, to, to the teachings of Hashem and Emunah. And that was the purpose of Abraham. So therefore, there's no Ta'anan Abraham Avinu. He went to Hashem Shamayim. He went there to, to be an Ebed Hashem. He went there to do Mizvot. He went there to emulate God. He went down there to find customers, and he did find customers in Mitzrayim. He left there with a lot of customers. And the main customer he left there with was Hagar. Hagar was a star pupil. She became the star pupil of, 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 of Sarai Menu. Such a good pupil. For 10 years, Sarai trained her. She was able to tell over the Torah of Sarai Menu. And so great of a person that she became that Sarah said, said, Abraham, I want you to take Hagar for your, for your wife, for your concubine, that you can get children from her. Why would she say such a thing? Because Sarah knew that Hagar was a tremendous student, a top personality, and she'd be shayach. She'd be, she'd be, she, she was well worthy to be a wife at that point of Abraham Abinu. And that was, that was the, the, the Ma'alab, Sarah Abraham Avinu, went down to Mitzrayim to extricate, to bring up this personality of Sarah from Mitzrayim, which she was buried in the, 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 this, this, this country of Mitzrayim. So we're learning a lot of things from Abraham Avinu. There's no end to what we can learn from Abraham Avinu. But at least let's take to heart that Abraham was one man. We owe him everything. He was one man against the world. And we can also resist the world if we get clear, barur, that try met, Moshe met, Torah met, but everything else is falsehood. It's black, it's darkness. Once you get that clarity, you get that flashlight, then you could say, the world is crazy. Have a great day.